the Broadway musical, a staple in American culture. And sometimes those musicals, which have their humble beginnings on a stage, find their way to the glitz and glam of Hollywood. And sometimes the other way around. On this podcast, we discuss all of those movie musicals that have made our hearts sing, cringe, and cry. This is Stage Rant. Hello and welcome to Stage Rant. It's part of the brand now. Uh, hello and welcome to Stage Rant, your favorite podcast where two dudes, both equally secure in their masculinity and their sexuality, talk about the biggest shows that have made their way from the big stage to the small screen. Every week, myself, Adam, a man who was curious as to just how many movies share really is in, my god, discuss the history of a movie musical with... Joe. God, it's so many. She's just everywhere. Too many. Um, Joe, a person who really, honestly, Adam, I'm gonna be real, mm-hmm. I really like the song Animal by Neon Trees. Mm. It's a bop. It is like, good. It, it, it holds up. Yeah. Uh, with a, I'm a person with a lot of pointed, strong opinions. So each week, uh, we watch a movie musical and are sometimes joined by a friend uh, who we may or may not have forced to join us. So let's pull back the curtain and uh, let's get started. Yeah, so before we hop into this, before we get to our, our, our um, uh, customary questions... Uh, there's a little odd thing happened today. Uh, before we recorded this, um, I had a little fella on Instagram reach out to me. Oh my god, is it um, Jeff Bezos? <laughs> Did we finally get the Amazon endorsement? <laughs> he said, guys, I love the podcast. It's me, Jeff. Your warehouses are still trash and you are awful to your employees, but... Uh, Money! You deliver really fast. <laughs> it's so fast! It's, it's freaky fast! It's, it's like the Jimmy John's of shit. Anyway. I'm just shit. <laughs> uh, this little guy, uh, MT Covers on Instagram, uh, musical underscore theater covers, all one word there, um, or AB Sings on YouTube reached out to us. This is the guy, he does daily uh, musical covers every day on his YouTube channel. Go give him a follow. He gives a little shout out on his Instagram. So give him a follow if you want. That'd be highly appreciated. Anyway, we're going to move into the podcast now. So, Joe, tell me, what do real estate laws, poor money management, and the most cliched plot in cinematic history have in common? Adam, it's 110% 2010's burlesque. <laughs> Unfortunately, it is. <laughs> so you don't like burlesque, do you? I'm... Maybe in discussing this, I will see the light, and I will understand the beauty of this. Unlikely. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> You know what? I think you're... You know what? You're mm. just afraid of strong, powerful females. <laughs> Cher's voice scares me. I mean, it's obviously... How dare you? I mean, uh, But Christina Aguilera, you're fearful of her powerful chops, for sure. I'm fearful of her... Of the the sheer awkward theater kid energy she exudes throughout most of this film. Just all of it. And then you got Kristen Bell. You have everyone in this. This... And our lord and savior, Stanley, Stanley Tucci. <laughs> Oh man. Okay, so let's let's do a little uh, little background it's on this so one. Good. <laughs> this is uh this is an interesting one. So let's get into the numbers here real quick. Uh, so this had a budget of fifty five million uh, estimated. Uh, opening weekend of the U.S. made roughly twelve million, and that was on November twenty eighth, twenty ten. Not quite, not quite a Christmas musical. It's Thanksgiving. It's a Thanksgiving musical. It's a thanks. You know it's... what? And this year in two thousand ten, I'm thankful for Stanley Tucci and Cher in yep. this incredible, incredible show. This was something else, and uh, so gross domestic in the U.S. was thirty nine, roughly thirty nine million, and worldwide gross was about ninety million, uh, rounding up. Uh, on IMDb, this is a 6.4 out of 10. 
Uh, Metacritic has a 47%, and Rotten Tomatoes swinging in hard with a 36%. There's just so many people out there, Adam, that are not secure in their masculinity and sexuality, <laughs> oh. and are threatened by strong, powerful females and Stanley Tucci. Oh, I am secure in both of those things, as our opener clearly <laughs> says, but, uh... Oh, man. Alright, so... What's the history of this thing? Let me tell you. So, 2002, there's this guy named Steve Anton, and he directed this little little shebang. He also wrote this. Uh, he wrote and directed this. Um, it came to him in a dream. Uh, well, you could say that. Or he's actually in a in a seedy nightclub. In a seedy nightclub in 2002 when he saw the Pussycat Dolls. <laughs> Remember them? Remember the Pussycat Dolls? Christina <laughs> oh Aguilera was the lead singer at the time. Damn right she was. And uh, he, and Steve Anton's brother, Robin Anton, had put together that group. So in 2002, Steve saw uh, Christina and was like, I'm going to make a movie about you. And we're going to set it in a burlesque-themed nightclub, which has confusing total shifts in the music that we play in this nightclub set in Los Angeles. You have to adapt. You have to adapt. It's something else. but Adapt I, and overcome. You know, it's fine. It's okay. But here's... I have okay, I have a list of things <laughs> to say about this movie. And I will def- This is the... This <laughs> fucking movie, Burlesque, is the movie, the hill that I will die on. Because it doesn't need to be phenomenal. It's just a feel-good, <laughs> shut up, and enjoy is, it. Is it a feel-good movie, though? Because everyone's a jerk in this movie. Except, no, okay, like, two people are a jerk. One, we have... We, we have, have Tess. Yes. Well, she, o- she's not a jerk. She's just fucking Cher owning a nightclub. And that is failing. Know, doesn't know how to run a nightclub. Uh, she, so she did at one point in time, because she had to have. So, right. I feel like we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's, okay, so basically, let me give you some of the awards this thing has won, and then we'll hop into the stage Each rant. one of these awards is well-deserved. So, um, Fought hard for. In 2010, the new Now Next Awards, this is uh, an award show put on by the channel Logo TV. You don't have to describe it, everyone knows this. Oh, we all, Every, we all everyone know. knows. The new now, the Logo TV's premiere event. Yes, uh, the new Now Next Awards is an American annual entertainment award show presented by the lesbian, gay, bisexual, and trans transgender theme channel logo um so uh this one the best future feature uh i don't know what that means best future feature best future feature i i guess it's this is way it's 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 a way of saying like this would be the next rocky horror like in, oh. in 50 years people will get dressed up and have callbacks to burlesque <laughs> like can you imagine <laughs> I'd hate to. Um, at the Satellite Awards and the Phoenix Film Critics Society Awards, it, bo- it won Best Original Song for You Haven't Seen the Last of Me. Mm. Written by Diane My Warren heart. and performed by Cher. Cher. Um, the Golden Globe Awards, uh, it won the Best Original Song for You Haven't Seen the Last of Me. Performed by Cher. Uh, at the uh, Japan Gold Disc Awards, which I imagine is like just... Japanese men being like, what is the best uh, CD? That was a horrible job. What the fuck was that accent? I have no idea. First of all, let's not do accents. Second of all. We're never going to ask accents again. Why was that so French? (laughs) I don't know. Are you Pierre? (laughs) You are not Lumineer. (laughs) You are not Ewan McGregor. (laughs) You are not. Well, Ewan McGregor couldn't do one either. Uh, it was better than whatever that was. That's, that's true. Adam, you went into that trying to do Japanese. Which, once again, <laughs> let's not do. So, at the Japan Gold Disc Awards in 2012, two years after... Two years after this came out, uh, it won Soundtrack Album of the Year. Because it's a bop. 
And the last award I'm going to list here is the Gallica, or G-A-L-E-C-A. It's all caps. I don't know what it stands for. Gallica Dorian Awards. Uh, and this won the campy, parentheses, intentional or not, end parentheses, film of the year. But they all try so hard. They, they all try so hard. Okay, let's get into this, shall we, Joe? <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so happy we're doing burlesque. All right, so this movie starts off uh, in small Nowheresville, Iowa. Right. And we bear spend any time here because our main, our protagonist, uh, Miss Allie Rose, played by the incomparable, trying to act, uh, Christina Aguilera. Once again, she tries her best. I so she she's a waitress, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm watching this, and I'm just like, wait a second, I'm not watching the musical Waitress. It's far better musical, in my opinion, <laughs> likely. Uh, yeah, there's like two hundred percent less pie in this. Um, so she she's like, I'm gonna get out of here. Uh, she clearly is not. She's either not a good employee or she has a bad boss. I think it might be both. Well, we we learned that Dwight, her boss, yes. Uh, has not paid them for last month. Uh, and she tells the other waitress or manager, whoever's like, when I get my, my next check, I'm out of here. And then... And then she, immediately she's just like, no, just kidding, I'm leaving. Right second. now. I'm leaving, goodbye. Um, and, and her waitress friend is just like, you can't do that. And she's like, watch, watch me. me. And then she goes to the cash register and she's just like, ha money! Takes the money, leaves, goes to the great house. Exactly what is owed her. Yes. Exactly what it is. Exactly. Because Allie is an upstanding citizen who wouldn't wouldn't lie. Um, And then she goes to the Greyhound station. And then the most cliched moment among many in this movie, she goes to the ticket clerk and says, (laughs) "Uh, Los Angeles, please. And he's like, round trip trip or or one way. way. And she's like, what do you think? And I'm like, oh my God. It's perfect. All the while, set to her singing and dancing... Our first opening number, mm-hmm. something's got a hold of me, and it starts by, as all great musical numbers do, yeah. by being and stealing lyrics from the Black Eyed Peas. Because <laughs> sometimes I got a good feeling, yeah. You know, I don't know. So we talked about this before with Mamma Mia. It's a ju- jukebox musical. I don't know what this is. This is both a jukebox <laughs> musical and an original musical. This is kind of a mess. I'm going to call it a it's mess. Everything. <laughs> it's something. Because it's, so, it's got a ri- to. I mean, to your point, it's got original songs. Yes. It's got covers of Black Eyed Peas. It's got yes. covers of classic, classic, you know, club performance songs. Mm-hmm. And then it also has the neon trees. Yeah. It has and you know random transition periods, mm-hmm. uh, just songs by Cher, yeah. which is really confusing because mm-hmm. that messes with the whole meta of the movie. Which is like, does Cher play? Sh- she has to play Cher. Like, this. does Cher exist in this universe? Well, she. I mean, she does because the song does. Right. So therefore, but Cher is playing Tess. So is Tess the alter ego of Cher? Well, so this we might actually be onto something here. So maybe Tess. Oh. Or, excuse me, Cher, Cher. witnessed in Sister Act-esque manner a mob boss murder. (laughs) And she's now in witness protection as Tess. Tess. (laughs) Or, my theory, Tess, the failing nightclub owner, moonlights as her (laughs) alter ego, Cher. So, which would also explain where the money comes from. So, we need to talk about the money because money is a big part of this yes. show. Because the whole cliche, the whole mm-hmm. like, the the whole problem and the conflict within this musical is mm-hmm. that like 
Tess needs money to pay the bank so that she can keep her nightclub. Yes. Located in prime real estate on the Sunset Strip. So we yeah. did some Googling. <laughs> yes. And it turns out, Adam, mm-hmm. that if you wanted to buy a comparable property on the Sunset Strip, yeah. do you want to know how much it is? How much would it cost you? It's roughly $18 million. Oh. Right. And so I don't know what $18 million was 10 years ago. Probably just a little bit more than $18 million. Yeah. Um, so... It, to me, the only logical explanation mm-hmm. is what is what you said, is that she moonlights as share. As share. Yeah. And that's where the money comes from. But right. because the, the, the place has been like relatively neglected recently, mm-hmm. business hasn't been great. She's had to spend a lot more time. Even though the nightclub is always packed in every scene. Every single scene. And like, okay, so... Adjust the price of your tickets. Also, Doorman so, played by... Alan Cumming, what the fuck? Why are we wasting this genius of talent... As a door... Okay, so here's something that I picked up on that I was like, are we referencing a different movie? There was a brief moment near the beginning of this show, this movie, where they reference the 1968... No, 69 film version of Cabaret. It's called Paying Homage. Yeah, they're paying homage to Cabaret. And here... It's very brief. But basically, Ali walks in to the Burlesque Nightclub. I think it's just called the Burlesque Nightclub. Like, it doesn't have a name. It's just the club. It's just the club. Yeah. I don't think they ever reference it by a name. No. So it's just the club. She walks in and Alan Cumming is there as the doorman. I was like, oh shit, Alan Cumming's in this. I wonder what role he'll play. Nope. Nope. He's just there. He's there. He's got his guy liner on. He's got his sequenced coat. Got his little bowler hat. his bowler hat. Cocked to one side. He's berating customers as they enter and exit. (laughs) Like, like, I love when she's like, oh, is this a nightclub? He's like, oh my dear, this isn't a nightclub. This is... This is burlesque. I'm like, shut the fuck up, Alan Cumming. Like, pretentious piece of... And so, like, there are these girls... The, the girls are dancing on the stage, and Alec can see them. And they do this really weird thing where they, like, twirl their fingers like an upward spiral. Yes. And, like, kind of ding, like, yes. point. That and the hats they're wearing are straight out of the movie Cabaret from 1969. Right. Set in a nightclub, which is also weird because Alan Cumming played the one of the main characters in the 1999 revival of Cabaret. All I'm saying is that this movie references a far superior film, and I'm kind of upset about it. I think we're going to have to get past that, because there's a lot of stuff happening And in that's this. all I'm going to say about it, and I'm moving on past it right now. Okay, so like, once she ends her, her little montage of her buying, or excuse me, renting a one-bedroom, or a studio... Yeah in LA and she it literally set is set to shares like and I feel like I like it's ridiculous and so yeah. she shows up at this club and like the the movie then pivots into its toughest sell for me what i refer to as sexy share <laughs> so <laughs> let's see how old share was in 2010 so share it, like it's the second number uh it's called like welcome to burlesque and it's share mm-hmm. Wearing this, like, police officer hat situation. Just way more lace than you need to see. Yeah. She was 64. On this 64-year-old woman. And, like... How tall is she? Embra- She's tall. I, she is tall. Like, definitely, I'm, I'm you know, embrace your femininity, She's 5'9". Right? We're both taller than She's Cher. She's 5'9". We're taller than Cher. She seems much taller They have than to that. do that shit that they do with Robert Downey Jr. Where they put him on platform shoes at all times. Because it's... she looks like a, like, towering giant. <laughs> In every instance, it of was shit. like Lord of the Rings where they shot Ian McKellen from below. From below, yeah. 
I was going to say, like, there has to be some sort of trickery magic here. Yeah. occurring here. And mm-hmm. so, like, sexy share to me is a tough sell. Now, I've said this before. I've said this many times. Mm-hmm. I fucking love share. It's share. Yeah. Right? Like, right. that's why we have the freestanding segment, share with share. Yes. Like, because give unto share what is owed unto share. As which Jesus is Christ said. The, which is everything. <laughs> But, like, it's just, I don't like to see it. No. Especially because it's like, you know, I love this type of show. Mm -hmm. Like, I love the burlesque style. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, I don't need to see Cher in her marble mouth singing just like, (laughs) welcome to burlesque. And, like, and also it starts off, like, this whole opening number it's clearly like the enticing song, like "Hey, Allie, they're you, literally you want to be up here." The dancers are pointing at her and like yeah. gesturing to come on stage. So of but course, Christina Aguilera is just like, "Oh, live low, me." And like, this is a very weird thing. Like, it's a trope in just stories in general where it's like, "Here, let me entice you to join us, and like, you'll sell your soul to us, and you'll become a part of it." But like. It's not a bad thing. No, it's, it's not ju- bad. It's like, a legitimate... Willy Wonka pulls it off very tastefully, right? right. Like, come with, with me. This is their pure imagination. Yes. But Except it's Cher wearing it's Cher, lace. And she has the police uniform, so you're like, oh, is Cher, like, some, like, hard work, like, you know, working these girls, like, to death? Like It turns out, sort of. <laughs> kind of. But also, like, it's just a job, but they make it seem, like, sinister, and it's confusing to me. Anyway... Uh, she meets up with, she's at the bar. Yeah, she, so she goes to the bar and she meets Jack. Who um, I hate. What the fuck? How do you not like Jack? Jack's a bad person. <laughs> kind of? But this is LA, baby. It's show business. Everyone's a bad person. Doesn't mean anything. Okay, so Jack played by, what's his name? Doesn't uh, matter. Cam Gigandet? Gigandet. Cam Gigandet. Um, so he's the bartender. Maybe he's French. Maybe it's Cam Guigandet. <laughs> Jacques Lepin. <laughs> he's in Twilight, apparently. Oh. Um, that explains why I recognize him with the eyeliner on. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he's the bartender. Yeah. And she's just like, how does a girl like me get a job at a place like being Christine Aguilar? Right. And he's Don't just like... Don't look to share there for a moment. Yep. Yeah. And he's just like, go talk to Cher in the go back. Ta- go talk to Tess. Go talk to Cher in the back. Yeah. Use my name. And she's like, oh, okay. okay. I'm from Iowa. And so she goes in the back and like Cher is having... She's busy because she's got to yell at her dancer, Nikki. Nikki! Yeah, yeah, yeah! That's <laughs> a reference that no one's gonna get unless they were that one... It's a song! Oh, that's fair. Jesus, okay. That's fair. So, like, Nikki is having some, is is not great, because she's, like, maybe potentially an alcoholic. She drinks a lot, but maybe it's just Cher being overprotective of her dancers. I'm not sure. It's clear that, like, Nikki is, like, the lead star. She's the star. She's the one. Yeah, she's the star. She's on top. Someone Mm -hmm. bring her some ham. That's from 30 Rock. You gotta watch it. Okay. It's, it's great. Cool. I'd say it's better than Parks and Rec. Really? Have you watched it? No, I have. Have, it's on Hulu. Oh, I just go watch it. Okay. Honestly, it's powerful. Cool, because it's Dina Fey. That's fair. She's powerful. Yeah, she's yeah. just she is everything. She's a powerhouse. She's the powerhouse, and she's um, from Chicago. That's fair. And that has nothing to do with my argument about her strength <laughs> no. as a woman. I just like Tina Fey. Those Chicago women, the tough broads. Yeah, so Nikki's bad at her job. <laughs> Nikki's bad at her job, but we also meet your favorite character, and honestly, my favorite character too, because. The Tooch Man can do no wrong. The Toochinator. Like, <laughs> that is Sean, Sean, played by Stanley Tucci. 
playing basically the same role he does in The Devil Wears Prada, but now he's in a nightclub setting. So, Which, so like... you were reading trivia earlier. Yes. <laughs> I will. I so will... as a part of before each of these episodes, believe it or not, uh, this isn't just freeform madness. We like, do we actually some do, research. We yeah. do have, we do some research and there's like, we look at trivia sites and we look up some trivia mm-hmm. and Adam was reading this trivia fact. This is from IMDb. Yeah. So this is the second movie with Stanley Tucci where he provides the lead character with new clothing and a makeover, which leads to a montage backed by Madonna music. Which, at first, I thought was describing, like, Hunger Games. I was just no, like... No, no, no. Is... <laughs> no, no, no. Is this his, his, his role in Hunger Games? Technically, he doesn't provide the clothes. He, he's just a commentator but, I mean, in the Hunger Games. Yeah. He's just, you know, the Hunger Games! Oh my god, I have a headache. <laughs> um, but the, the first movie related. Uh, the first movie was The Devil Wears Prada in 2006, where Tucci's character, Nigel, gives Anne Hathaway's character a makeover, followed by a montage set to Vogue by Madonna. Of course. And so we meet Sean, they're backstage, mm-hmm. and, and Christina Aguilar is like, can I have a job? And Cher's just like, auditions are at this point. Christina Aguilera's character in this alley, spelled with an I, which is just infuriating to me. A-L-I. She is just so obnoxious. Mm-hmm. She's like the... It, it's like your parents who tell you, you know, like, if you want a job, you have to march into offices, and you have to, like, slam down your resume and demand to talk to someone. And you're, and Give everyone, me a job! Yeah, and everyone's like, that's not how this works. No, like, <laughs> This is not the 1950s. Like, go like, on Indeed. Find the role for a dancer. <laughs> right. Utilize your connections. Like, right. we're gonna use our resources here. Yeah. Clearly, in Iowa, they still do things where you just barge in any given place and say, employ me. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like... What are you, what's your, what's, what, how tough are you, kid? I can lift hot plates. You're high. And they're like, you've got moxie, kid. <laughs> but Allie tries this, and Cher's not having it. No. And Cher's just like, you need to get out of my mirror. Goodbye. Like, leave. And so Allie goes out and goes back and talks to Jack, which Adam hates, and is like... he's a bad person. Literally, we'll she, that later. she just starts, like, bartending. She picks up She's a just, tray and is, like, bussing tables. Right. And is like, this guy needs this, this guy needs this. And I was like, you don't just do that. Right. That's not a thing you can do. <laughs> right. I'm pretty sure you have to have, actually, like, licenses and, like, some right. sort of training. Right. Like, you can't just do that. You can just walk into, like, any bar. Even L.A. in 2010. Just be like, hi, I'm the bartender now. Like, I'm the I'm the bus boy or bus girl. Like, right. No laws no, and no, no. so like she starts doing this and then like later Cher comes out and sees that she's doing this mm-hmm. and she's just like what the fuck i told you to like, like stop <laughs> i guess you're hired whatever and yeah. so like she can so christina aguilera ali starts doing this thing like mm-hmm. as she's bartending it's all a montage most of this movie takes place in a montage yes it does she like as she's watching what's happening on stage and watching the dances she's like mimicking it so, like, she's doing, like, it's chorus like, kicks as she delivers drinks. It's and... the most awkward, like, <laughs> freshman high school theater kid bullshit I've ever like, seen. I can dance. My notes were, Allie is the epitome of an awkward theater kid. And then in the very next scene, well, actually, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm One of my notes was, like, if this took place today, this, mm-hmm. she would be watching TikTok in her apartment trying to recreate dances. But it would all be, like, burlesque TikToks. Burlesque. <laughs> It's a very because... niche market, very sexual, um, <laughs> very very horny TikTok. Uh, which honestly, TikTok kind of is. It already is horny. Like what the fuck? Like I don't have it. 
That's fair. Like, the only time I watch TikToks are when people send me TikToks. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'll pull up Instagram sometimes, and it will, like, throw in suggestions of people just, like, stripping yeah. on TikTok. I'm like, is this what the platform is? And also now Instagram has its own thing called Reels, which is just TikTok, but on Instagram. Right. It's great. Anyway. I don't need it. Um, President, if you're listening, get rid of it. Anyway, um, kill TikTok. Do something good. One time. Literally once. <laughs> once. Just get rid of TikTok. I, I, we're going to lose half of our viewers because of that comment. But, like, honestly, it's, it's a thirst trap. You are... Listen to me, viewers. You are better than that. It's a thirst <laughs> trap. And in most cases, it's jailbait. It's... <laughs> <laughs> there are laws. I don't care what state you're in. Anyway. I'm just moving see, on. Yeah, just uncomfortable stuff on there. So now she's employed. Yes. And so they have the montage where she's, you know, lip syncing, shimmying like, knocks a patron in the shoulder. Like, it's right. really awkward. Then we find out one of the dancers, Georgia, played by real-life dancer Julianne Huff. She has the flu. She has the flu. <laughs> <laughs> and much like in Hairspray on the Corny Collins show, I'm going to be sick for nine months. months. Anyway, so, so they... She, there's an opening. This is the plot of Hairspray. Holy shit. This it's is hairspray. just the plot. It's slutty Hairspray. <laughs> Oh, and so no. like now there's auditions and they go through the audition process At, in this montage there's also they do the song diamonds are a girl's best friends like which i'm like she sees herself i don't i'm disappointed that the song is not listed in the soundtrack because mm-hmm. it's like okay let's talk about christina aguilera for a yes. second she can sing oh of course holy shit yeah she's, she's just great. one of those people where like you listen to the raw power of yes the sounds coming out of her vocal cords. And you're like, are you human or are you dancer? Right. And this she's both. Yes. <laughs> and so, like... I was say she's a triple threat, but she cannot act. So right. she's a double threat. And so it's very important to, like, note at this point at the Burlesque Club, they only lip sync to vocal backings. Yes. Because, quote, they don't pay us to sing. They pay to see us they dance. They pay to see us dance. Um, and so, like, they go through auditions and then... Um, like Christina Aguilera comes out and she tries to audition. It's bad. It's bad. So like, and this is what kills me too, is like, it's uncomfortably bad to the point where you're like, have you ever moved? Like, have you walked before? Like, can you move your legs? Yeah. And, but then Tess is like, no, you're bad. Get off the stage. <laughs> because this, Bring is, me alcohol. Is, this is after she is told to perform my favorite favorite name of a dance the wagon wheel watusi i don't know if that's also like so she kills that number though she does so she comes out playing her own track that she gave to the sound booth and she's just like honey get off they the finish the actual formal audition yeah then ali walks in and Cher and tucci are Asen- like, essentially does the robot yeah and they're like what the fuck is she doing and i think i love Cher. she's like i think she's trying to audition <laughs> And Stanley Tucci's just like, okay, get off, get off the, we're Thank done you. here. Thank you. And then she's just like, no, Tess, oh my gosh, please. She launches into the 1950s walk into the office begging for the job thing. She's like, didn't someone ever tell did you, you no? Know? Right. And did you prove them wrong? And then Cher's just, and Cher's like, okay, you say you know at every single dance routine, do wagon wheel. And like, she knocks it out of the park. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell? So like, why did, why would she start leave with, with that? that? Like, why did you do the robot for a uncomfortable 25 seconds of screen time when you could have just done Wagon Wheel Watusi? Right. And so she knocks it out of the park and then Cher's just like, you were off the entire second half. <laughs> yeah. 
And then she begs again, and she's like, fucking f- fine. And she's like, go get changed in the back. Go get changed. Like, whatever, you're hired again. Again. And then, and then, <laughs> obnoxious. And then Sean goes back and is like, time for another montage back to Madonna. <laughs> and then he gives her, like, all of her, you know, costume and makeup and all that. And now she's a star. Ish. Ish. We'll get there. So now she's a dancer. Yeah. Um... Have we introduced... We haven't talked about Vince yet. Or we haven't talked about Marcus. Marcus. Or Vince. We don't care. Mar- Vince is Vince so is, inconsequential. Vince is there. He's just present. He shares husband. Ex-husband. 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 And he owns half of the nightclub. Mm-hmm. And so he's just brought in because... He's just angry because of the finances. Yeah. Marcus, though. Marcus is a realtor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A real estate man. He's a land yeah. man. <laughs> I made my money in land. Uh, player, How about airspace? Played by uh, Eric Dane. He's just in like a lot of those random TV shows. I know him specifically from um, The Last Ship, which mm. is phenomenal. He's Tom Chandler. Um, nice. But he's dating Nikki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like, so he's pretty much like a sugar daddy. He just shows up and... Mm-hmm. He's that big L.A. money type yeah. who like sits in the corny, like a creepy dark booth in mm-hmm. the corner and he's just like, keep bringing me alcohol. I'll tell you. And what he's just like ogling the girl like, ah, nice ass on that one. And like, 10 out of 10. But he doesn't talk like that. So he's also here and he's trying to buy share out of the club mm-hmm. because he really likes the club. That's what he says. That's what he says. We'll get to his true intentions later. But he really likes the club. He's all about it because he's an artistic man. Right. Says Eric Dane. Um, As we quote from Chicago, a real sensitive type. Right. (laughs) (laughs) From the South Rock Tango. (laughs) And so along the way in her bartending time, she Mm -hmm. uh, Allie meets uh, Marcus. Marcus. Yes. Um, and he starts kind of like, you know, I fondling her. Yeah. And so, ooh, conflict. Oh, no. So, Allie, this turns into a star is born for a hot second. So, like, very briefly. Very briefly. So, like, her star is rising while Nikki's mm-hmm. is falling. Yes. Um, and at one point, Nikki just doesn't show up for work because she's a bad employee. Yeah. And so they're like, okay, Christina Aguilera, you're going to go on and yeah. replace her. And she's just like, okay, I'm a star. Mm-hmm. And so, like, in the middle of their performance, of oh, tough love yeah nikki goes to the sound booth and just like pulls and well she tells the sound guy hey tess needs to talk to you right so it gets the sound guy out of there and then she pulls nikki's or ali's mic in the middle of her song which... it doesn't make sense because all she would have had to do is press pause on the vocal track right i i really don't know technically speaking what she pulled because i was confused it looked like she pulled like an like an With actual speaker chord yeah like, but obviously she didn't because like so the audio cuts out whatever we're getting into technicalities this musical is perfect so like what confuses me though is like what was nikki's goal because what you've done nikki is you haven't made ali look bad you've made the whole club look bad right you you tried to harm one person this is now just a bad production and you harmed everyone right you're stupid anyway nikki's also selfish and we don't like her so like The music stops, and everyone starts immediately leaving. I think that's so funny. So, they like, start to lower the curtain. Even. Yeah. They're just like, okay, show's over, folks. Okay, Sorry. show's over. And, like, Christina Aguilera <clears throat> clears her throat. And she's like, <laughs> And she does her Christina Aguilera thing. And, like, Sheriff's just like, stop, 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 with the curtain. And they're like, let her sing. <laughs> and, of course, she, like, knocks it out of the fucking park, right? Right. Uh, probably Christina best song. Aguilera. Second best song. I yeah. would say. Yeah. 
and it's like i need a tough love yeah yeah so like we're all about this song yeah. really great mm-hmm. people start coming back in and they're mm-hmm. like oh she can sing wow and then afterwards like it's it's the very cliche just like i didn't know you could sing and right. then Cher's just like okay we're gonna completely redesign the show around her and then nikki's like they don't pay us to sing and then Cher's like they'll pay to hear her sing and so it, now nikki's just even more mad it literally like the audience is like that girl has legs and a voice. It's like, yeah. This is the voice! Um, Where she appears afterwards. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, at the same time, we haven't talked on this yet. One night, Allie goes home from her job to find that her whole apartment has been... Yes. Ransacked. Yeah, we have to talk the love interest. Um, and then she ends up going to Jack's apartment. Because she has nowhere else to go. And so she goes to Jack's, and Jack has her sleeping on, like, his pull-out sofa bed. Right. Um, and uh, she's there for a while. One of my other notes was, she's like, she leaves after the first night being there, being like, fine, I get it, you don't want me here, I understand. Because Jack has a fiancé right. in New York who's doing a play. So I'm, all I'm saying is that Marriage Story stole the plot from Burlesque. Well, yeah, of course. Put it into... We've always known that. Right. <laughs> Right. From the moment I watched Adam Driver, I was just like, you like, know what? Oh. This seems oddly familiar mm. to 2010's burlesque. And uh, there's a moment where she's standing outside, and to emphasize how sad it is that she's homeless, pretty much. They pull a notebook. It's raining, which I'm like, it doesn't rain in L.A. Apparently it does. It does when you're sad. When you're sad, to like, emphasize the sadness. But, like, there wouldn't be all these wildfires in L.A. if it rained all the time. Are the wildfires in L.A.? They're, like, very north of L.A. Okay. This is going to date this episode. Then again, it happens every summer now. Right. Right. Right, right, right. R.I.P. The West Coast. Because the environment... Whatever. Whatever. Man-made climate change apparently isn't real. Whatever. <sighs> Don't listen to science and all the scientists, the millions of scientists who were like, hey, this is a thing. Let's talk about Cher instead. Right. Let's talk about Cher. What are we doing with our lives? What are we so, doing with this podcast? So Christ. like there's this, anyway. God, there's this weird, the love interest in this, I think is cute. <sighs> it makes me mad. You hate it. I don't Why like do you it. hate it? Because, okay. Let's just blaze through all of it. Like, all right, let's so just we'll, go through the we'll love story. We'll just do the love, love story. Yeah. So basically Jack is like, hey, stay on my couch. And you can tell, I was like, oh, this, they're going to they're gonna be a thing. Obviously, cool. they're going to fuck. They're both beautiful people. Right. They're in L.A. One fiancé is in, literally 1,200 um, miles away. Right, on the other end of the country. So like, That's Christina Aguilera. Yeah. Come on. Right, so I was like, okay, it's going to happen. But then we, like, it's tense because, like, oh, he has a fiancé. And, like, okay, so he's not available and Jack shouldn't do that, because, you know... There's no good single guys left in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... So then, they're at a wedding, you know, the end of the movie. And Jack is, like, on the phone. And you hear him talking, like, we should focus on ourselves. We should focus on our futures together. And it's implied that, like, oh, maybe something happened between him and his fiance. He then goes to Christina Aguilera, to Allie... At the wedding, and it's like, oh, by the way, just ended things with my fiance. Let's dance together. Right. And then that night, they go back, and Jack does. This was the corniest shit. And it was I cute. Hated it. It was cute. I hated it. He comes out wearing like full pajamas, and he's like, "These are ones my mother gave me. I never wore them before, but I didn't have any other clothes to wear." Which I'm like, "Wait, what?" Anyway. He hasn't done laundry. Give him a fucking break. Right. <laughs> then he comes out again. And he's wearing just the pants. Yeah. 
And then he comes out again. He's like discount Justin Timberlake, it's by the way. bad. Yeah. That, yes. It's not bad. It's just, it's what he looks like. Yes. He is just discount Justin Timberlake. But he comes out naked the third time. Comedy rule of threes, everyone. Right. First the shirt, then the pants, then nothing. And uh, then it's implied that him and Allie then, you know, go and fuck him. It's cool. Great. Whatever. Cute. But then there's a really awkward scene where she's, like, on top of him posing, and he's, like, taking pictures of her, and I was like, yes. Not something you do on the first date. Maybe later, well, like... They've known each other for a while. It's also, only about time that they start doing nude photography. But also, like, <laughs> the night after, where it's like, by the way, I'm done with my fiancé. Let's fucking make porn together. Right. What? Okay, it's for their OnlyFans. <laughs> they need some extra money. <laughs> They need some extra cash on the side. They live in LA. That's not a small apartment. They're going to need an OnlyFans account. Yes, it's very popular. They're in the top one percent of creators. Which also... it's called the Jack and Alley channel. <laughs> Jack and Alley. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Oh my god. Oh, this episode good. just heard its explicit rating. I mean, they all. Have I mean, it's about fucking rating. burlesque. But whatever. And um, also fucking burlesque. Anyway, fucking burlesque. Um, let's talk about the song. Well, then... Well, hold on. Oh, well, so the, the, the fiancé so shows up. Then the fiancé shows yeah, up she's like, back. the next day. Immediately. When did she get that flight? I don't know, but, like... Because it's implied that they were talking... Let's plot this out. At the wedding. Say they were talking on the phone at, like, 6 o'clock. Right. It's less than 20... It's LA hours. time, which is four hours behind NYC. So then... The next morning, the fiance's there. She immediately got on a plane. Like, literally, was like hung up the phone, went to L- went to JFK, and was like, first flight to LAX, please." And they're like, "Round trip or one way?" What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> and so she shows up, and like they're naked in bed, naked in bed, and the fiance's like, "What are you doing here?" And he and Allie's like, huh? <laughs> and the fiance's like, I live here. And Jack's like, it's not what it looks like. And I'm like, what do you think it looks like, okay, Jack? Okay, what a weak defense here. Because, like, you just broke off your engagement. Right. And it's very clear who you're sleeping. What do you mean it's not what it looks like? Right. You sorry, just did Jack. porn together. Like, sorry, Jack. She found your OnlyFans <laughs> on the flight over. Someone sent it to her. They're like, <laughs> yeah. hey, is this Jack? With that free Southwest Wi-Fi. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah. So, but then it's implied that he didn't break things off from the fiancé's point of view. Right. And so, like, Jack has some communication issues. So, I guess here's the thing. So, like, well, flashback to the wedding. Right. She, He's like, you know, we need to think of, like think about our futures. Right. In fact, I think I'm looking at mine right now as he's looking at Allie. Right. Which is, like, a really romantic line. But she's But, like, so also a really away. cryptic way to end things. Cryptic. Like, what does that mean? And also, if he's implying for Allie to have heard it, he was on the other end of the room, so I've been like... Oh. She's like, what? <laughs> I'm looking at mine right now! Right, so it's just kind of... Look at me? <laughs> it, it, on the phone, unless there was a follow-up conversation we did not see, but, like, we would have... Allie would have been exposed to it because they immediately went to dance and then spent the night together. Right. So, like, when was the follow-up? Maybe a sly text while she was in the bathroom at some point in time. He's like, BTW. Right. <laughs> when I said I'm looking at my future. I meant another a- Another woman. We're yeah. done. By the way, I'm not gay. Okay. <laughs> yes, I work in a nightclub wearing just a vestibular hat and eyeliner, but I'm not gay. He has to make his money. Right. 
mostly through his OnlyFans. So, right. um, so like that, she shows up, and then mm-hmm. Allie's upset because allegedly they didn't break it off. Right. So All the I- while, Jack is writing a song. Yes. Because this is now Rent, like, and he has friend. to he has to write a goddamn song because he's also in the band. He plays piano. And, like, when he's first playing it, so, like, the song he, is a reoccurring, a reoccurring plot point. Yes. Because um, at the beginning, like, she's laying down, she's sad, and he's, like, just playing around on the piano, and she's like, mm-hmm. that's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. What is that? It's, like, this really slow, melodic, like, yeah. it's very beautiful. You're like, oh, my gosh, is this going to be Cher's song later? Is this going to be the love song? Yes. The big ballad? And then he's just like, oh, it's not ready yet. Like, oh, Okay fine cool you're an artist who doesn't share your art right gonna make big money off of that one jack so like this whole the rest of the the rest of the show christina's like have you finished the song yet and like she tries to use it against him she's Mm -hmm. just like you're just an artist who like what isn't you know brave enough to share your art right and like so finally at the end who doesn't matter like order doesn't matter anymore The song, as it turns out, mm-hmm. is the finale number, Show Me How You Burlesque. Which is just upbeat, like, pop power song. Right. About women being empowered by burlesque dancing. Right. Which is fine. Which is fine. But, but like, you played a ballad it's such an earlier. Odd play, like, it's such an odd finale to that storyline. And also, it seems like he's building up to this big romantic number, and it's basically just like, it's the the most sexual song in the movie with nothing wrong with right. that but it's implied that it's not that and it's very also the the club is still struggling at this point it's implied that they fix the issues and then like the next scene maybe like 10 minutes later they perform show me how you burlesque right so we'll talk about the ending we'll like jump back to where we were in the story the we'll, ending we'll get back to happens the giant fast. letters that just show, show up. up yes <laughs> the ending comes fast and quick <laughs> I was watching it literally And then the credits started I was like Oh, oh that's it It's yeah. over Okay Yep It's just assumed Like okay yeah. <laughs> Problems fixed Um So like Tess is upset mm-hmm. About how The club is doing Cause like Now that Allie's singing Things are going better But she still just Doesn't have enough money mm-hmm. To pay off her loan On this 18 million dollar Property Right Absolutely So the 18 million dollars Was off of a spot That was like 1400 square feet Yeah This is a club With stage space Like it is the entire building It would probably be more So she's worried about that And like as she's walking out The audio guy Is just like Hey Tess Do you want to run that song You told me you wanted to run And she's just like I'm tired And he's like Okay I'll come in early In the morning And she's like No just kidding I guess we'll run it now so this is the song that you talked about earlier that mm-hmm. won awards. You haven't yes. seen The Last of Me. Which is a great song. Tell me about this song. It's it's a very, well, it's a weird staging. <laughs> because it's an empty nightclub. And all that I've gathered from Tess as a character is she runs the club. She was a star. Is now... Like the men, she's the Yoda to these young Jedi dancers, right. if you will. And she's struggling with the money, but she seems intent on not doing anything about the money. Like, so, like, I don't know if that's true. She's trying, but she's procrastinating, right? Like, Sean keeps saying, like, you're gonna have to do something with, like, with the bank. 
And she's like, I know, I'll get there eventually. And Sean's like, no, 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 you're going to lose the club in like three weeks. Go to the bank. I don't want to go there, Sean, and face reality. And so it's like this big, powerful number of like, you haven't seen the last of me. And it's like, I'm not done. I'm going to keep fighting, which is great. But she's also not doing any of that. So like the song's great. Cher is great. But it doesn't fit the character. You know? It's ish. So, like, you gotta put yourself in Cher's shoes here. Because this entire movie... Cher's shoes. <laughs> so, this entire movie is kind of just... It, it's, to me, about Cher in this stage of her life. Ah. Uh, so this voting stage. Yes. Yeah, so, like, this is not a song about Cher in the nightclub. It's about just Cher in aging. Life. Okay. As she has tried everything humanly possible to freeze her face. <laughs> it's more frozen than Mamma Mia. And to, and to stay like youthful and young and to hang on to her fame and everything. That's why the song is more beautiful to me. Because mm. I see it in the light of this is, you know, Cher mm-hmm. singing about like, you know... All these rising stars, like Christina Aguilera, not a rising star at this point, like an established star. Yes, an established star. But like you have younger people who are coming mm-hmm. up and doing, you know, all these amazing things and have the spotlight right. on them. She's like, you haven't seen the last of me, right? Because I'm fucking share. <laughs> right. Um. So like, it's a great song. It's good. Give it a listen. Give it a like and subscribe, you know? It's worth listening. Fun on Spotify. So, like, she leaves after running this number. She goes out in the parking lot. She's confronted by drunk Nikki, who's just like, what the fuck, Cher? Like, and I, she, want, I want to be a star again. And she calls Allie, quote, a slut with mutant lungs. Which, like, is mean. Mean, but also a compliment? Right. Like, especially if you if you're one of the people who believe in reclaiming the words like slut whore those types of things or music. right or <laughs> big x-men person in the charles Xavier school yeah. of social justice <laughs> if you're any of the above right like that's yeah. gonna be a compliment like if i was christina aguilar and this like, and if i was a modern yeah. feminist i'd be like fuck yeah i'm a slut with mutant lungs, lungs. And so, like, there's an altercation. Cher pulls out a fucking crowbar and beats in the passenger side window of Nikki's car. Cool, now you can go to jail, Cher. Which is neat, but nothing comes of that, so we can keep moving. Yeah. Uh, And so, like, then the whole thing happens with Jack and the fiancé, and so Mm -hmm. now Christina Aguilera is upset. And so she goes to Marcus. She goes to Marcus. Who Marcus, at one point... Had tried to take her to dinner. Yes. And she said no. Yes. As a strong, powerful woman should. Damn right. Because no woman takes Christina, no man takes Christina Aguilera to dinner and gets away with it. Mm-mm. No. But then she. No, sorry. No, no. She goes to Marcus's, where Marcus, in the most stupid villain move ever, has on display, like in his like living room overlooking LA, a model of like these luxury apartments. And so Allie's like, What's, What's that? that? He's like, mm, that's a model. But eventually, that's going to be right where the club is. I'm planning on building 20 stories worth of luxury apartments. Right. And then Allie's like, oh. And he's like, you can't do that. You can't steal that from Tess. And this, I wrote down this quote because it was so dumb. Um, so, basically, she goes to Marcus, sees the model, and she's like, well, you can't take that from Tess. 
And then Marcus is like, but does that make me a bad man? And she says, it doesn't make you a bad man. It makes you the wrong, wrong guy. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck is that supposed to it mean? It means they're over. Because people in this movie only break up with each other very cryptically. Is this, so like, like, like what, is that supposed to be deep? I'm, like, I'm 14 and I saw, like, so like Marcus, Schindler's List for the first time. Mar- what the fuck? Marcus I don't know. <laughs> I saw I Thanks, saw Liam Neeson. I saw Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind and I was like, wow, romance is deep anyway. Oh wow. I saw Grand Budapest Hotel and I'm just like, wow, you can be an adult and quirky. Um I love that movie. Shut up. I know you do. That's why I will always talk shit about it. Hey, you know what? In my defense, I don't shove it on people's throats. Which is okay, but Wes Anderson sure does. Am I Wes Anderson? No. Thank you. Moving on. <laughs> Do you, so, don't you want to be? So, like, hold I on. Let's talk, let's talk about Marcus and Allie. Because, like, we've talked before that he, like, woos her with expensive gifts. Yeah. And, like, one night at rehearsal, he, like, takes her out to dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is Neon Trees. This is super perplexing. I love the song, <sighs> Animal. It's a bop. Yeah, they were good. great in concert. We love Neon Trees. It's good. So, like... He's like, hey, let's go for a ride in my convertible on the Sunset Strip. So they're driving, and it does the, like, and it starts playing Neon Trees, Animal. It's like, oh. And then it immediately cuts through. Like, that's it. That's all they got. The end. Why did they pay for the rights for that song to use, quite literally, five seconds of it? I like to imagine it was a deleted scene where it went longer. There was a whole, like... They you got in the car. You saw like, neon trees. They right. actually drove by a club where they were performing. Performing. Because it would be like, burlesque featuring neon, neon trees. trees. <laughs> and so, like, that happens and he's like, oh, I have to stop at a party real quick. Mm-hmm. And he and she's just like, okay. And they go to this beautiful house. And he and, like, steals shit. Yeah, he starts stealing stuff. He goes into this, the chef's kitchen. Yeah. Um, the side kitchen. The, mm-hmm. the prep space. And he, right. like, starts grabbing trays and bottles of wine. And she's like... You're stealing, and he's just like, "Don't worry, I know the, I know the owner." And like, as he's walking through the party, people are like, "Sup, Marcus!" Like, "Sweet party, dude!" And she's just like, "You had to make an appearance at your own party. Surprise, they're at his house." So like, they go out to the balcony because they have to introduce the concept. very briefly a fascinating zoning concept called air rights. Air rights. That's right. Not airspace. Air no rights. Air rights. So air rights are where you can buy the space above a building and so this happens a lot of times with like developers who are on like beachfront properties Mm -hmm. um who want to build like massive condos and don't want other developers to come in and build other spaces that would block their views etc like there's a building in chicago right on the lakefront it's near navy pier sitting right out on the uh, right out on the beach um, that was famously built Mm. as, as in a specific manner it was built on stilts to defy uh, air rights because technically it wasn't classified as a building uh, because of the specific way in which they built the foundation. So don't, we, we love real estate. Absolutely fascinating. So like we have to learn about air rights and he's just like, yeah, mm-hmm. I bought everything in the Valley essentially mm-hmm. so that I could have this view. Yeah. Um, so of course that's going to become the thing that saves the day. Right. So then Allie leaves Marcus's house at mansion, if you will, and then goes to Tess and is like, "Listen, I need to talk to you." And this is right after Tess has gone to the bank, and we come to find out that she will not be able to get the loan needed to save 
the orphanage, sorry. Santa the orphanage? The club. They're going to close the orphanage! <laughs> and so she tries to talk to, to Tess, and for like a solid two minutes, is Stanley Tucci saying, no, no, don't talk to her, don't talk to her, don't talk to her, she's busy, don't talk to her, don't talk right. to her. I was like, Stanley Tucci, shut the fuck up, let her talk to Stanley her. Stanley Tucci, beautiful, beautiful man, shut your mouth. Shut up and let Christina Aguilera talk to Cher for a bit. She has a plot point. <laughs> so she gets there and literally is just like, I saw there's a, they're going to build a model. Or, sorry, they're going to they're build a... They're going to build a model! <laughs> they're going to build like luxury apartments on top of the club. And she's like, how do you know that, Christina? That was Kermit, not Cher. They're very close, Pick though. Pick Elaine. Either know. do accents or don't. <laughs> I'm off my game today. I apologize. It's been a long week for everyone. Oh, God, it's Monday. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. And Sh- uh, yeah, so anyway, Cher, so, Cher, yeah. Yeah, Cher's like, well, how do you know this? And then she's like, well, I saw the model, and Marcus has it. And she's like, okay, we have to come with me, Allie. We're going to go on a mission. So they go to... Insert developer number two, yeah, mystery man, who like they walk into his apartment and or his office, just sit down, yeah. And I love the fake conversation he's having. He's like, "That's very funny. I'll call you back, John. Hang Take a phone. seat, ladies, as they're already seated." I don't. I feel like they didn't even make an appointment. No, no, they just. I feel like in. that was just him reestablishing power in the. It situation. was because when he, when they walk in, you see right. the secretary kind of get up. Flustered, right. like, no, 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 go in there. He's on a call with nothing. It's a funny man. <laughs> the funny, Very funny John. John's fucking hilarious. <laughs> and so, like, they sit down and they're like, hey, you're building condos across the street from us. You're going to essentially give up. They exp- yeah. Basically, Marcus <laughs> would build a building taller that would make this developer's apartments obsolete because this developer was marketing his as having the best views of the Sunset Strip. Right. Marcus would come in and ruin that. So basically this other developer comes in and is like, well, I'll buy the club, but keep you, like, just keep you as the manager. They just give, no, they just give her money. Oh, that's right. They're just like... They just give her money to here, be able... Yeah. So here. that she can purchase it. And then... There you go. Yeah. It's your club now for, for good. And then... This at, all happens in, by the way, like, like 27 seconds. I was going to say, like, <laughs> it's less than a minute that this deal is brokered. Yes. Real quick. Right. Uh, and then they go back. But that's Hollywood, baby! And uh, they go back to the club, and they're going to celebrate, and they're going to do this this big number. They're going to perform Jack's song. Right, because Jack comes up to Allie and explains. He's just like, I'm so sorry. It was a miscommunication. I'm bad at communicating my needs, blah, blah, blah. Right. And she's just like, don't worry. I forgive you. We'll have sex again. It's okay. Yeah. And he's just like, cool, great. I finished the song. <gasps> and then we get to see the song. Show me how you burlesque. Show me how you burlesque. Now, what confuses me about this is this is implied that in the morning, she was at Marcus's. In the afternoon, they talked to the other developer. That evening, they performed Show Me How You Burlesque. I don't think they perform it that evening. No? I think there's a time warp that occurs. Okay. So and I think it happens when we zoom into the title of the page, of, of the sheet. That music. makes sense. Because and we have these giant, like, metal... Ma- massive huge letters that just spell out... Like, each one is at least 15 to 20 feet tall. Like, burlesque. Right. Just spells out burlesque. Each letter has light bulbs that illuminate the letter. It's very burlesque. It's very burlesque. <laughs> it's literally just the title on the poster of the movie, but right. horizontal instead of vertical. Yep. It's absolutely massive. It's huge. It's cool. It's cool. And then the movie... If you could have any of the letters, which letter would you have? The... Where would you put it? 
in my backyard. <laughs> B is for backyard. I think Q. I think I would take Q. Oh, that's a good one. No, sorry. I'm going to amend that. I would take S. Okay. Because my last name is Schwartz, so it's an S. That's a power. That's so a power thing. I would just have that. If, even though I was in an apartment, I would have that out, outside of my apartment so people know that that's where Schwartz lives. That's where Schwartz lives. Right there. Unnecessarily large. And it would, so they sing the song. Yeah, they, they sing burlesque. And then the movie's over. <laughs> literally, they're in the middle of performing the number, and then the credits start to roll, it's, as if the director was like, let's cut this shit right it's now. Like, it's it's over. over. I'm just like, I'm tired. Are you guys tired? Let's go home. I, <laughs> There's a couple things that occur in this movie that like I feel like they just got lost. They're like, wait a second, what are we here to do? What, what got lost? Because there's you like, tell me. well, there's so there's like the two separate love interests. There's mm-hmm. like the fiance. There's Nikki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's you know the wedding. Um, there's like the subplot about the money mm-hmm. that gets wrapped that that I'm convinced they just forgot about until the last ten two minutes of the movie literally before the song where they're just like oh shit we need to solve let's, the money thing right and okay the title song the M- money fix let's finish um there's the whole stanley tucci sex thing which we just <laughs> which we just glanced like, over, gla- glanced over. yeah because yeah, he gets into like a relationship with one of the band members but they don't know like their name he's the dj also the dj at the wedding yeah he's all oh no yeah he's just the dj at the wedding yeah so where christina aguilera hooks up with jack stanley tucci hooks up with the dj mm-hmm. and like they go to their house jack's or uh stanley tucci's house the next day mm-hmm. and he's like passed out in bed very hungover mm-hmm. doesn't know the name of the man he slept with last night right and then as that man goes to leave he asks his name it's like mark or whatever and it's like, then, do you want to have breakfast? Do you want to have lunch? Lunch. Because you want to have lunch, and the guy's like, sure. And then so Stanley Tucci and then Sean gets it in, which is cool. Ultimate power move and says, "You're cooking. You're get like, back into my house and cook me food." <laughs> and like, it was a weird thing where when he's like, "You want to have some lunch?" I thought like, "Oh, is this like a sexual thing?" And he's like, "You're cooking." I'm like, "No, it's just literally, no. They're actually it's literally just they're about to have lunch. some sandwiches, like <laughs> some grilled cheese. Yeah, maybe maybe some flatbreads. Yeah." <laughs> There we go. Stanley Tucci's watching this figure. <laughs> and there's so there's like all these things that are occurring. And then you're like, I feel like this movie was just made because someone asked Christina Aguilera if she wanted to be in a movie you where she act? sang music. You want to start your acting career, Christina Aguilera? And she's like, sure. And they're like, end your acting career? Yeah. And she's like, sure, let's do it. So then they just wrote this in a fever dream. This movie. <laughs> it's amazing! So, like, we'll talk about our final thoughts, but let's play some mini-games first. Yeah. We need to play... So, traditionally... Yes. And I say this as if we've been doing this since the start, but this just has been How since... How many episodes have we done this, though? This is... A, this would have been four, I believe. This is the fourth episode, yes. Yeah. So, traditionally, we've done share with share, mm-hmm. because give unto share what is owed unto share. As we have said. to recast share in every single movie that we do. But she's in this movie. She's already here. Right. We can't put share with Cher. Right. That would just be too powerful and frankly it would do right. the thing at the end of Indiana Jones 1 where it melts our faces If off. you square Cher, you die. Right. It's... You can't, it's di- like you can't divide by zero. And you can't square Cher. <laughs> can't square. It's like the, an atom bomb going off. That's, like, if we ever do like apparel, if we ever do merchandise, that will absolutely be a Cher. You can't you square Cher. You can't square Cher. It'll be a pocket tee. Right on the pocket. You can't square Cher. Yep. And, um, um, so we're going to play a new game. We're yeah. going to play. 
Stan you Tucci. Oh, lovely. <laughs> so, in Stan you Tucci, because we fucking stan Stanley Tucci. We do. We do. We're gonna go back and he's Adam... honestly the most adequate actor I've ever seen. He's just there in everything that he's <laughs> he in. he plays himself. It's just... They're like, hey, how are you feeling? How much energy do you have today? He's are like, you just like over it gay Stanley Tucci today? Or are you Caesar Fillerman or whatever? Flipper, whatever. Flickerman. Flickerman from Hunger Games energy. Yeah. And in this, he's just like, I'm definitely over, over it. Gay. Over it gay Stanley Tucci. Is Stanley one. Tucci gay? I feel like he is. Also, Stanley Tucci. I'll do some Googling. You do that while you while you Google that. I have a God, my fact my, to ser- tell you. my search history after this show is always just phenomenal. <laughs> so Stanley Tucci um, is married to. Is... <laughs> He's married to Felicity Blunt. I was gonna say he is married to Felicity Blunt, who was the sister of Emily Blunt, who was the main star in the musical we talked about last week, Mary Poppins Returns, Yes, who is married to John Krasinski, which means Jim from The Office and Caesar Flickerman are related. <laughs> Absolutely. So that's are. fun. Anyway. Um, so in Stan Tucci, <laughs> I literally thought of that name in the we're, shower. We're going to take um, Stan Tucci And we'll, place him in a show that we've talked about. Now, are we going to place him in every show, or just we pick one show... And one world How many movie. episodes have we done? This will be our ninth episode. Oh, God. Okay, you know what? Fuck it. We'll fly. I feel like this oh, was a shorter one. This was a shorter one. So we go- are currently at just over one hour. Okay, so let's fly through all of the ones we've done, starting with episode one, The Producers. Who does Stanley Tucci play? <sighs> Stanley Tucci and The Producers. He plays, it's controversial, Leo Bloom. Really? Yeah. Okay, I was... But opposite Nathan Lane. Really, it's the same. It's the same pairing. But he he plays an older Leo Bloom. Okay, mm-hmm. I was. You know what? I was absolutely gonna go with. He is going to play the director. He is going to. Play. That was my number two choice. <laughs> was um, um, oh my god, what's his name? The director's name. Oh, um, um, Carmingia. No, 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 just fuck it. Stanley Tucci as Carmingia. <laughs> Oh, um, Roger Debris. Yep. Hello, I'm Roger Debris, common law assistant. <laughs> May I take your coats and uh, your, uh, your swastikas? Uh, your hats and your swastikas. <laughs> it's just him. Okay, I like... a black turtleneck. I like these choices. Mamma Mia, here we go again. Um, he plays Grandpa... And still sing Fernando to Fernando. You're replacing Andy Garcia? No, no, no. No. He replaces Cher. <laughs> and sings. It's Fernando and him had a great love interest. And okay. they were they were star-crossed lovers in the Mexican Revolution that occurred. Okay. Yes. So he plays Grandpa. So okay. Grandma. And he also leads Super Trooper at the end. Alternatively, can I propose that he plays the Greek customs official? <laughs> I mean, the guy looked like a fat Stanley Tucci, so, like, <laughs> there we go. Um, episode three, Lame is Stanley oh. Tucci is unquestionably Gavroche. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, little people see. <laughs> How do you do? My name is Gavroche. How are you doing? <laughs> These are my people. There's my patch. <laughs> I would cast him as. Uh, the bishop. <laughs> okay. So you he, throw some prosthetics on there. I can yeah. see. Yeah. So he plays. Get out of here, Colm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Colm Wilkinson almost has a voice like Cher. 
Right. When you think about it, he's the male share. That's appropriate. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, moving on to episode Little four. Little Shovel Horrors. He's the plant. <laughs> Stanley Tucci as a neurotic New York Jew version of the plant. Alternatively, he is the man who busts in the first time they bring out the plant. And he's just oh, like, excuse me, I couldn't that. help but notice that strange and interesting plant in the I window. What one. is it? Either that it's an Audrey two, <laughs> Or he's the radio host. Oh, but like... Actually, no, John Candy gets to stay He gets to stay there. there. Or if we have the option, Ooh. we're just going to remove him entirely because that sequence was annoying. I like John Candy. It was extra, though. It was extra. What if... What but if Stanley... dentist. No, I don't like him as a dentist. I do like him instead of Bill Murray, though. Oh! Almost like a more subdued yes. version of Bill Murray? Yeah, like a, a creepier, but kinkier version of Bill Murray. Yes. Neat. Okay. Phantom of the Opera. He's Rolf. <laughs> Rolf? Raul? Raul. <laughs> Rolf? The, like, like the Rolf, stable boy. <laughs> like Rolf the dog from the Muppets? Yes. Cool. Um, oh. Stanley Tucci. He's one of the managers. Oh my god. Oh, how did I not fucking see it? No, no, no. What you do is you pull uh, uh, Tim Burton, Charlie, and the Chocolate Factory, and he's both managers. <laughs> But with different hair. <laughs> with different hair. That's it. But they have the same clothes and everything. They're like, they're twins. Right. But yeah, they're separate people. Yes. They're, he plays both managers. I love it. Mm-hmm. Hairspray. Um, he's in the Turnblad. <laughs> I'm not even going to propose an alternative. He's absolutely in the There Turnblad. it is. Uh, number um, seven, Chicago. Um... He, the husband. I was gonna say, yeah. Get he, John C. Riley out of here, because that would also remove the unnecessary clown bullshit he put in there. Right. And right. I would actually like to watch Stanley Tucci perform. Mr. Cellophane. Mr. Cellophane. He could be good, yeah. Okay, then um, Mary Poppins Returns. Yeah. I kind of want to see him as Mary Poppins. That would be fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but he had to be the banker. I would say the banker. Like, he could play evil well. Yeah. He's played evil well. Yeah. So he's he's the banker. Okay. Yeah. I, I agree with all these terms and conditions. And if you could move Tenochtitlan in burlesque to a different role, I would switch him with Alan Cumming. Because give that man more lines, goddammit. What the fuck are we doing? I... Anyway. Yeah. That's, yeah. These are all fair assessments. Yeah. I like that. Thanks now, for joining us for another uh, our first round of Stan Utucci. Stan Utucci. Um, I'm going to introduce a new segment here. There's a new segment? I'm gonna add, it's a very brief little we game. We didn't talk about this. Very brief little game that I'm calling Find Your Limelight. Okay. <laughs> so if you could play any role in burlesque, who would you play? Gender does not matter. Stanley Tucci. You just... Absolutely. Because I know that... Yeah. I, because here's the deal. Mm. I don't want to sing... Um, because no one in this sounds good next to Christina Aguilera. Yeah. So I'm obviously not going to, like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to start myself off at a deficit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would be, and I'm not I'm not hot enough to play Jack, also known as Discount CVS Brands, Justin Timberlake. Yeah. So I'm, i got to be Stanley Tucci. Okay. Um, hmm. I feel like I could bring some real gravitas to the role of Tess. 
I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's like burlesque, but what if what if Tess was played by a large Jewish man? <laughs> you don't have the moxie, kid. Uh, I would want to play the role of Alan Cumming, but give me more lines. Nope, you don't get them. You don't okay, get to change fair. the script. You know what? I would be I would be over the top Alan Cumming, so I'd make you just worse. <laughs> worse. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Uh if you are a listener at home, go ahead and say out loud right now who you would play. So listener, who would you play? This is like Dora the Explorer. Who would Who'd you, you play? play? Awesome. Very good. <laughs> nice. Solid pick. Yeah. I respect that pick, yeah. listener. That's good. That's good. Uh rehash the cast. Yeah. I didn't do a lot of research on this one, so it's we're okay. only going to rehash two specific castings. Mm-hmm. Uh Marcus. Mhm. So, do we stick with Mr. Last Ship, or do we go with Patrick Dempsey, Sam Worthington, Casey Affleck, or Jamie Foxx? What the fuck? Uh, Patrick Dempsey. You know what? I'm sticking, I'm gonna go with Casey Affleck. Go with Patrick Dempsey. What does that even, how would that, what would that even look like? Casey Affleck as the big shot real estate developer on the Southern Tech Strip. Like, hungover all the time? I don't know. He's always just so timid. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, I got you some shoes. <laughs> I bought some air rights. Oh Do you like my view? <laughs> and Patrick Dempsey, I mean, he's... I mean, who is he in Grey's Anatomy? Is he McDreamy or McSteamy in Grey's Anatomy? So, he was... It was Dr. McDreamy. Oh, yeah, so he was McDreamy. So, like, yeah. that's good. That's good. Cool. Nikki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we want Jessica Biel or Lindsay Lohan? Oh. I I would say, I'm going to say Lindsay Lohan because Nikki's character by nature is chaotic. Just like Lindsay Lohan's life for the past e- ever. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Who are you um, locking in? You know, I personally I think Kristen Bell is quite cute. So I'm going to stick with Kristen Bell. You're sticking. I also loved her in The Good Place. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go with... The Good Place is so good. And season four is not coming to Netflix. What is it going to? It's going on to Peacock, which is... N- Son of a bitch. NBC's... Not- I'm not paying for... Here's the thing, I'm not though. doing it. Here's the thing with Peacock. It's free. Then why? But it has ads. It's basically just like... NBC online for free. No, absolutely like, not. Yeah. I do not. So, like, I can't... I do not agree to these terms no. and conditions. Let's talk about the scale for this week. Let's rank this. We're gonna, we're gonna use... This from Vulture.com. Uh, Stanley Tucci's 12 most adorable movie roles. God, he's just so adorable. Now, are we gonna do... If number one, like, that is the best Number one, one is gonna be the best, because number one on this list is uh, Julia and Julia... And that's obviously Stanley Tucci's cutest role. I love that movie. It's so cute. That's a cute movie. Because it's Meryl goddamn Streep. As Julia Child. As Julia. Like, obviously. So that's... We're going to say that Julia and Julia is going to be the best. Mm-hmm. And then we'll stop it at... Stop it at 11. Because I forgot that he was in the 2017 Beauty and the Beast. Uh, he plays a harpsichord. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Or we could just stop it at five. We'll stop it at five. With Captain America, the first Avenger, because he plays German Doctor. <laughs> Doctor Askin. Damn right he does. 
Um, okay. So I... You have strong opinions on this, so you get to go first. Holy shit, Spotlight was five years ago. Right. That feels so recent. Right. Oh my god. Um, I'm gonna... I'm gonna give this a four. Ouch! This is Spotlight. This which, is Spotlight? In which Stanley Tucci appears as Mitchell Garabedian. Garabedian. Garabedian? Garabedian. Anyway. <laughs> the only lawyer in Boston who's willing to fight for the victims of predatory clergy members. Frankly, I don't so much want him to hold me as I, watch, as I want him to let, <laughs> let me sit next to him and remind myself that good people in this world exist. <laughs> That's all I need. That's Just, all I need. It's fine. Remind me that good people exist, Stanley Tucci. Adam, what are your thoughts on this movie? This is a rant. You have to rant. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We're going to give stage rant its, its namesake here. Like, okay. So, I like the music. The music is good. I'm a sucker for the song Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. I love it in Moulin Rouge. I love it from um, Guys Prefer Blondes. Like, or Men Prefer Blondes. Whatever the, the Marilyn Monroe movie is that it's from. Like, I love that song. I think it's great. I love the dancing. I love the, like, the visuals are great. The set design is cool. But the thing is, you have A-listers in here like Kristen Bell and Alan Cumming who are horribly underutilized. And like... Are you going to cry? No. I, I just burped a bit. I'm sorry. I didn't, I'm not crying. Oh, that's gross. I, I know. Um, I'll edit it out. Um, I won't. So never like, have, never will. <laughs> never have, never will. Um, I don't know. Like the plot when it started, I was like, I know exactly how this movie is going to go. Yep. Nothing about this movie is unknown from the moment that we met Tess, and like once we've met our our ensemble cast, I was like, got it. I know how this movie ends. It took me two seconds to get through this movie because I stopped halfway through and was like, I'm good. I'll come back to this. Ouch. I did not like this. And looking at number one Stanley Tucci performance, Julie and Julia, I would rather see Julie and Julia turned into a musical before I watch Burlesque again. But, like, you can't... Just, okay, first and foremost, every single musical is predictable. True. Name one unpredictable musical. Not like you've you read the title, so now you can predict it. Like, you're five minutes into it, you know where this is going. Every musical by design is designed to be predictable because they're not... This is not freaking Hans Zimmer. Like, it's not Hans Zimmer. This isn't Christopher Nolan. That's We're fair. not trying to pull time warps and time jumps. We're not trying That's to confuse fair. you. Because the right. point of a musical is that you can shut off... And just not give a shit for a while and listen right. and to Sharon that. Christina Aguilera. And I get that. Belted like, to their heart's desire. But here's the thing. You you look at Penny of the Opera, for instance. It's a classic love story, but with a twist. Like, everything is, like, it's something different. Like, Waitress, for instance, is a love story that doesn't end with the female lead ending up with the male lead. Waitress ends with female empowerment. It's the love story on its head. Like, but like Phantom of the Opera, there's you know from the start that since like from the moment you meet the Phantom, you know she's not going to end up with the Phantom. But she might near the end. But like you know, there's not right because you know that that relationship is toxic as shit. But it gives you the impression that it might. 
And that's the thing is it might. I don't know. I was not a fan. Also, Christina Aguilera can't act. I'm sorry, Christina. <laughs> you cannot act. Um, I just feel like no one t- tried to tell her how. <laughs> no, no one coached her. And literally with Cher... I feel like she showed up on the lot on the first day of shooting. And they're like, okay, we're starting with Diamonds are our girl, like, girl's best friend. Ready, set, go. And she's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> and like, like um, I'll try. What gets me is like, Cher in every scene is literally just like, don't talk to me, I know better than you. Don't talk to me, I know better than you. And even at the end of the movie, like, after Christina, after Allie saves the club, she even says like, you know, it'd be great to hear potentially a big fat thank you. And Cher's like, oh, ha, ha, ha taps her knee and doesn't say anything. But when she leaves, she says very earnestly, Thank you, Allie. So, like, but you have to get past that's called a character flaw. She is tough because she has to be because she is single-handedly trying to keep her club open. Right. In a world where everyone is trying to hurt her. Yes. Including her shitty ex-husband. Vince. Vince. Who's there who do- still like, doesn't matter. It's not important to the plot. The only person that she is kind to is Stanley Tucci. Yes. Because she, he is an integral part of her support network. I did like him. He was great. I did have... My final note was, we all need a friend like Sean. We all need a friend like Sean. Yeah. That's it, though. Those are my thoughts on Burlesque. Upsetting. What would you give this? I, I'm going to give this an easy A, which is a two. So, because this movie... Uh, so, in this... I guess I'll just read this. Mm -hmm. I didn't know if I believed in marriage or love until Patricia Clarkson and Stanley Tucci appeared as Rosemary and Dill Pendergast, mother and father of Emma Stone uh, in the movie Easy A. And then there they were, two perfect people playing two perfect parents, with one wearing an incredibly flattering Henley that simply screams, hold me. Because it's not just their banter, their approach to child rearing, or the obviousness of Rosemary and Dill's love, parentheses, such perfect, beautiful love. It's the fact that despite the pitch-perfect scene-stealing performance of Stone, Stanley Tucci wearing a Henley shines and demands to be part of an equation that involves you, him, and the softest cotton blend imaginable. Plus, you know he'd listen to you really listen to you so the parallels between this and burlesque he plays a lot of support roles yes because he is stanley tucci and like his henley this movie just wraps me in a cotton blend of love right like burlesque yes burlesque (laughs) also easy a um and i wish stanley tucci so like this movie like love clearly went into this movie so, like, I'll, I'm going to utilize what I will refer to as the Mamma Mia defense. Mm. This movie is not going for awards, and that's why it didn't really win many. This that's movie fair. is not trying to win the Academy Award for Best Picture. This movie is just people who really like to sing come together and support an adequate plot that I don't need to think about because I know it's going to end happily ever after mm-hmm. starring some of my favorite people stanley tucci share and i guess now christina aguilera i don't need to think about it i can shut my brain off 
And I, like, you know, I feel supported by Stanley Tucci in this. As he supports Cher, he also supports me in these trying, trying times. In these unprecedented times. In these trying and unprecedented times. (laughs) I have Stanley Tucci to support me through it all. I don't... That's fair. And also, by the way, the soundtrack fucking bops. It does. Like, it does. if you were doing anything, like, if you had, you know, all of you... So this is, this is the struggles... Of being, like, a high school theater person. As we both were. As we both were. So, like, you add these soundtracks to these musicals to just your general library. Mm-hmm. And for the rest of your life, <laughs> whenever you put your music on shuffle, like, if you're writing with someone who does not know theater, right? it's weird to be driving with someone who only listens to, like, Lady Gaga and, you know, have Javert's soliloquy playing. Because they're like, what, what is this? What is, right. However, if Tough Love pops up, we You're can good. still frickin' bop. You're good. That's the thing with... I'm always hesitant, unless I'm with someone who I know is also into theater, for putting on any of my playlists. Right. Because musicals are part of almost all the playlists that I've made for myself. <laughs> and so, like, some of the songs have, like, dialogue in them. Right. And so if you don't know what they're talking about, why This are, isn't fun anymore. Why are the people talking? They should be singing. It's right. a song. <laughs> it's like, well, it's a musical. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Like it, it stands on its own, even though some of the songs aren't in the soundtrack, which is just incredibly disappointing. That's fair. But you know, I'm just happy to be here. Okay. With this, and you one. know what? That's good for you. It's just I'm happy fun. For you. I don't need yeah. to think about it. That's fair. That's fair. And I know how it's going to end, so it's completely anxiety free. That's fair. That's fair. So next week. So next week. We're. We are going to venture back in time to the Great Depression. And there aren't many musicals that take place during the Great Depression, save for like The Wizard of Oz. Right. Um, for a reason. For a reason. It was made in 1939. Right. Um, but we're not talking about The Wizard of Oz. We're talking about a little redhead, curly-haired gal named Little Orphan Annie. Because next week we are covering the 1999... Uh, Disney TV movie, Annie. Fewer musicals hold a closer, more dear place in my heart. Really? Than Orphan Annie. Really? And I'm so excited because, like, I'm not going to spoil it. We have some stuff. We're, we have plans for how this is going to go. This is going to be an interesting one. Yes, we won't say anything. I will say, I have used Easy Street as an audition song before. Uh, I played Rooster Hannigan. Really? In my eighth grade production of Annie. Oh, it's going to be a good one next Yeah, week. I'm fucking excited. I'm ex- equally. Like, it is one of the greatest shows ever made. So, get ready. Wow. To tra- be transported. Yes. To the Great Depression. <laughs> Featuring such characters as Miss Hannigan, Rooster, <laughs> Kathy motherfucking Bates. <laughs> and, uh, perhaps a president? Who knows? Right. Because there's a president for some reason. Yeah. I, it's so unnecessary, but we will talk about it. We will. We'll talk this about it. This has been another episode of Stage Rant. Burlesque is available on HBO Max. Netflix. 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 Yeah. It's on, it's on Netflix. If you like to watch it, you could probably go watch it. It's worth a watch. Yeah. I'd say it's worth a watch. Yeah, watch it. I will say it's worth a watch. It's worth a watch. This has been another episode of Stage Rant.
Stay trapped. I'm up here, you're down here. Stay trapped. God damn it, you're off.